Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways that will challenge the way that you think about your faith and work today, we're going to step aside from work just a moment. Not really, but just a little bit. And we're going to bring in the Martha factor. We're going to focus on your family, which impacts your workplace. We're going to focus on leaving a positive family legacy, which will also impact you leaving a positive workplace legacy. Proverbs thirteen twenty two says, Good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren, but the sinner's wealth passes to the godly. Martha, we're here to talk today about legacy. And and we're talking about legacy. This is the last of a four-part edition of a series of recapping what we talked about this year on the Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage, where we spend two days at sea working on our marriages, not very many hours, seven and a half hours total, and one day on the incredible tropical island of Cozumel, Mexico. And then these couples came back and the marriages are never the same. In a good way. In a very good way. And we're already setting the dates. It looks like we've got dates for next year. It does. We're, are, pretty, are, we're pretty excited. Now, if Rick Saltarelli's listening today from Salty Cruises and Travel, he could call in and confirm whether we have a date or not. But it looks like next year, the weekend of February 18th, will be the 2016 Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage. 
Can you believe we're already talking about it? It's ridiculous because Rick told me yesterday that really, if we wanted the weekend that we really wanted, which was Super Bowl weekend next year, we should have planned ahead 18 months. Yeah. People who have children don't even plan ahead that far. This is ridiculous. <laughs> we're just trying to have a marriage retreat. Oh, but, but that's wh- what competition, pricing competition is all about. It is know. unbelievable. We're talking a marriage retreat cruise mm-hmm. that people can, a couple can go on for about $1,000. Five days, four nights, incredible food, incredible teaching, great discussions, great alone time with their spouses for a thousand bucks, and you get to go to a tropical island. That's right. And you get to pay to not have cell phone service. No cell phones, <laughs> no computers, <laughs> no internet, favorite. no children. What an incredible opportunity. So mark your calendars right now. More details to come probably in the next couple of weeks. February 18th, the 2016 I Work For Him Cruise Your Way to a Better Marriage. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. Okay, so this the last topic we talked about on the cruise this year was legacy. So this is our post-cruise review. Hey, and I'd like to just congratulate my daughter. My daughter, Sarah. My youngest daughter, Sarah. I have two daughters named Sarah. The one with the H, Sarah Michelle. <laughs> I'd like to congratulate her. She is now done, finished, completed, Finito with her college education. Congratulations, Sarah Michelle. We're very proud of you. The crowd goes wild. That's right. That's right. All right. Way to go, sweetie. Way to go. We're very, very proud of you. I hope you're listening because, you know, that was for you. All right. So legacy. And here's really the way we we laid this up. Why are we talking about legacy? And here's the bottom line, Martha. We're all going to leave. Oh, my daughter's listening, so she heard that. It's very oh, good. good. Um, all right, so here, we, we're talking about leaving a legacy. You are going to leave a legacy for your children. You're going to leave a legacy in your workplace. It is your choice. Mm-hmm. Are you going to leave a positive legacy or a negative legacy, but it's your choice? You're going to leave a legacy. What is it going to look like? Right. And that's such a powerful question. I don't think we'd ever really heard it said that way before until we started talking about this for the cruise. And um, But did somebody else say it or did I say it? I, I don't really know. Does that mean that it goes it could to be anonymous a- or does it go to you? I'm, gonna, I'm <laughs> taking gonna complete credit for it. <laughs> you're going to leave a legacy. It might as well be a positive one because you're going to leave one. That's right. I think that um, what's critical about this conversation is talking about the, the difference, maybe for a moment, between inheritance and legacy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of people really get confused with that, and they think, well, I, I need to leave money for my kids. But that would be okay. If my mom and dad are listening today, if you want to <laughs> leave a lot of money for us, that's just awesome. We, We're okay with that. It's okay. But the bigger and more impactful thing is the legacy is the they've legacy already left for us. They've already been leaving. I mean, the cool part is your grandparents, Frank and Helen, mm-hmm. left a spiritual legacy for your family. That's right. Your, our children on your side of the family are fourth generation Christ followers set up in, in, by, by your grandparents, Frank and Helen, and praying for their children. They were married 66 years or 67 years. And then both of our parents have continued on that legacy. Mm-hmm. My parents left a legacy of, of, of really becoming Christ followers. They, they became Christ followers in their married years, raised up my brother and my sister uh, as Christ followers. You have the same legacy in your household. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and we pass that on to our own children. Yep, we do. But it's really important to make that 
delineation between the two because we're not talking about the financial inheritance. We're talking about the spiritual legacy. But yet what's interesting is that the Bible talks about not only a spiritual legacy. They talk about a, they talk about a financial legacy. Yes. You know, it says that if a Christ follower doesn't take care of his family he leaves behind, he's worse than the pagan. Mm-hmm. Timothy, it says that in Timothy somewhere. Sorry, I can't quote it right now, but I've read it before. It's a crown financial ministries. It is. It is when we talk about the verse. The, that That's what I was trying to say. Investments and, and saving and all that kind right. of thing. But today. So we're talking about legacy because we're leaving a legacy. And even though you may be a Christ father, you can still leave a negative legacy. I and mean, we're constantly fighting the battle to not leave a legacy of sin in our kids, in our kids lives. And we have to really be proactive on that because all of us have sin issues. And if we don't want our children to perpetuate our sin issues, we have to live transparently and vulner- vulnerable with them so they can see our failures. And instead of them living under the guises of do as I say, not as I do, which if all of our parents tried that, none of them, it worked for none of us. We can't perpetuate that legacy. We need to perpetuate the legacy of I've screwed up. I've been forgiven. I'm being restored. I've been redeemed. Let's work on this together. But I'm still the leader of the household. So just watch me as I fail and as I conquer it through Christ. Hmm. Well, there you go. That's the whole show. There you go. <laughs> Ivan, just play music for the next 45 minutes. No. <laughs> okay, or not. Okay. No. All right. So legacy. We're, the, the thing that we're talking about legacy is those things that you're remembered for. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, like you said, it's not about the money. It's what are we remembered for? What What is it that our family, when they when they think fondly of us, as we talk about your grandparents, Frank and Helen, we, we talk about the spiritual legacy they left. I mean, we talk all the time about the spiritual disciplines that they demonstrated, which were mm-hmm. some of what? Well, what did they, what did you talk about all the time? Well, um, their prayer life was one of the things that was so well um, modeled for us. Even as little kids, when we would spend the night there on the weekend or in, and spend time with them, it without fail, they still spent their time at the kitchen table holding hands and praying through all the names of the family and lifting them to the Lord. They um, quoted or prayed the Lord's prayer together, and then they prayed for everyone in the family. And that is one of the things that um, they modeled specifically, and it didn't matter if we were there or not. And I don't remember them saying, now you sit down and be quiet and and pray with us. They just were doing their um their prayers and we got to hear it or overhear it as you might want to say you know one of the questions we asked in this session on the cruise was are we responsible for leaving a legacy for our children mm-hmm. and the answer is yes but it can be done haphazardly or intentionally right and then being intentional is one of my favorite words i knew that word would come up today because it's very much a part of of this conversation because like you said at the beginning we're going to leave a legacy if you want it to be a positive one, that takes intentionality. That takes really thinking, what What do I want my kids to gain from life under me as a parent or in us as a couple and um, in, in our family? What do we want them to walk away with? So prayer was one of the things that was always modeled with my grandparents. And I think also just the importance of family. They really, we had a lot of Sunday dinners at my grandparents. Um, and I always talk about the fact that they, they, we have the glasses and the coasters that my grandmother used every Sunday when she set the table. And you didn't, when the little kids didn't get Tupperware, we got to drink out of the glasses as well. And to me, that always said, 
she valued me as a special person too, no matter what my age was, my grandmother did. And so um, just the value that she had in everybody in the family, uh, um, that spoke very loudly to me as well. So those are a couple of things that they left in their in their legacy for me. They were powerful, powerful things. Yep. So it's it's all what? Go oh, ahead. I just was thinking because yesterday we were talking about my grandfather's sense of humor, and I said, I hope in my old age that I have the same grace that my grandmother had. That whenever my grandfather told a joke, she was very gracious to him. She didn't always laugh heartily, but she always was very a gracious listener of his many many jokes. And I said, I hope I have that same grace. As we age together. <laughs> and, and what she's referring to, yesterday we kind of took the day off during the day. We still did a show last night. And, and we had cantaloupe. Hmm. And and, and they would say, hey, hey, and they were asking my great niece, Natalie, Natalie, you, you want cantaloupe? And I said, she cantaloupe? She's too young. And she's too so, yeah, it was, you know, but I'm ching, but <laughs> uh, I shouldn't say that. That wasn't very graceful. See, see, <laughs> we have stuff to work on in our marriage, too. All right. So but really, that's the point of all of this is that we all have things that we saw our parents model that we'd like to not reproduce. But most of us who say, when I grow up, I don't want to do what my parents did. Those are usually the things we reproduce the most effectively. It comes natural. Those probably. things come naturally because we watched it. But. With the spiritual legacy, those are the things that we've got. To, we've got the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us to help us to refresh that legacy and redeem that legacy and restore that legacy. So those are those are powerful things. And it's it's not that any of us had perfect parents, but it is that the example they did leave for us. And, and at least they they like I said, my parents had drug problems when I was a kid. They were dr- they drug me to church three days a week. It was terrible. <laughs> Wow, Ivan! Thank, <laughs> see now, Ivan appreciates my humor. Okay, but but the good news about that was, uh, oh, and Pete O'Shea is protesting that we're using his sound effects. Wow, I'm paying my sound effects. Hey, get off the show! <laughs> All right, so craziness here at the well, station. I'm telling you what, Pete O'Shea—he's a morning guy. He's not supposed to be still be in the studio at five thirty at night. To go home and go to bed. All right, so the the question is, uh, listeners, we're asking you is what kind of legacy do you want to leave for your children? And honestly, for those of you business leaders, business owners, what kind of legacy do you want to leave for your employees? Because they're going to remember you. How are they going to remember you? One of the questions I love to ask when I start a consulting job for a business mentoring consulting job is I love to go ask and say, what do you think right now? How effective is the leadership of the person that's in leadership right now? Whatever the owner is, I, I want to get that perspective because the owner can never get honest answers like that. But those are really important answers to know. That's like asking a legacy question. How is the owner going to be remembered? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be remembered as somebody who invested in me, who was patient with me, who gave me great chances and was always firm with me and uh, really has extended grace to me? Or are they a, an owner that just cares about the bottom line and we're always worried about our job? You know, what kind of legacy are they leaving? Mm-hmm. Those are good questions to ask because a lot of times we get so caught up, whether it's in our home life or in our work life, that we forget to realize that everything we do is making an impression on somebody. And they're going to remember, are you, were you a... You know, a dictator, or were you um, a lover, a softy, you know, or whatever the case might be. So those are it's good questions to. It's kind of like thinking about what what would somebody say at your eulogy. 
you know, how would they talk about you um, after you're gone? And then hoping that you are living in such a way that what they have to say is is uh, encouraging to others and a good, powerful example. Well, then we showed a video, and it was called The Voice of a Child of Divorce. And this was a letter that this, this child, about a 10, 11, 12-year-old child, was reading that he wrote to his parents who had gone through a divorce. And, and, and it really was an honest letter because when you look at the legacy of divorce, there, it's a legacy that keeps on giving for generations. It is not something that kids are not resilient. Kids are not looking to go, you know, they, they, it impacts them hugely. And these parents that go through divorce and say, well, my kids will recover. Yeah, they'll recover. But you know what? We're talking to them now. They're 25 and 30. They're, they're still devastated by the divorce of their parents. Martha and I are talking about legacy today. Whether that legacy is the legacy you leave in your office or the legacy you leave in your home, we're going to leave a legacy. You've got a choice. Are you going to do it intentionally and leave a positive legacy in your home and in your workplace? Or are you going to just do, be haphazard and unintentional and allow the cards to fall where they may and leave devastation in your wake? Legacy. You got to leave a positive legacy. We were talking about this divorce video, this, this child of divorce, the voice of a child of divorce video that we played in the cruise. And it was so poignant because this kid was just saying, mom and dad, stop putting me in the middle. Mom and dad, stop telling me that my, that all of my issues are my father's fault or all of my issues are my mother's fault because I love you both. Stop putting me in the middle. Stop creating a negative legacy in my heart. And really, that's what we talked about. We talked about leaving a positive spiritual legacy and a positive marital legacy. Mm-hmm. And what was the difference? Do you remember what we talked about? Um, well, I think that hmm, I'm not really sure where you're going with that question, but I mean, the difference to Just me. Just throwing it out there, see what you reel in. I want to see. Um, in a marital legacy, it's, I think, importantly seeing where you are as a couple and how you do things in the family and in the home and how you relate to each other and showing what a healthy marital relationship is supposed to be like which, so that they can model that. Which doesn't mean it's perfect all the time. No, it doesn't mean that not. there's no conflict. We talked about conflict last week, but it, it means that there's there's a couple. I mean, a marital legacy is what you and I have been given the privilege of following. You know, we've got no divorce on your family as far back as you could see. And we've got no divorce on my family going back to my great grandfather. So it's been a huge thing. And grandparents have been married 60 plus years. Our parents have been married 60 plus, almost 60 years for your folks, 60 years for my, 61 years this year for my folks. Incredible. So, well, I haven't, I haven't done my book segment yet. Oh, okay. So you're talking too long. Well, okay, well, we, it's time for our book highlight segment, Martha. Our book today is The Legacy Journey, written by none other than Dave Ramsey, marketing genius and money Bible money guru. Let me give you a short explanation, very short. Dave Ramsey shares biblical wisdom on legacy as we build with our wealth. What does the Bible really say about money, about wealth? How much does God expect you to give to others? How does wealth affect your friendships, your marriage, your children? How much is enough? In the legacy journey, Dave Ramsey takes you deep into God's word, revealing his perspective on wealth, your personal and family legacy. You need to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. movie. 
right, call on the studio line right now at 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. we got one copy of that to give away, Dave Ramsey's book on legacy. All right, Martha, when we come back, I want to read these quotes that we that we picked out about legacy, because they're really, really powerful. In fact, we could, we've got time to read one. Okay, go ahead. All right. It says, carve your name on hearts, not on tombstones. A legacy is etched into the minds of others and the stories they share about you. Carve your name on hearts, not on tombstones. A legacy is etched into the minds of others and the stories they share about you. That's what a legacy is all about. All right, Martha, we're talking about legacy. Right before the break, I shared this this. Well, quote. quote. Okay, that's that's what I'm trying to say. This, <laughs> this is quoted a quote. Okay, carve your name on hearts, not tombstones. A legacy is etched into the minds of others. Read children. A legacy is etched into the minds of your children and your employees and the stories they share about you. Mm-hmm. But Ben Franklin said this. If you would if if you would not be forgotten as soon as you are dead. Either write something worth reading or do something worth writing. Don't you wish you could talk like him? I, could. I know you were trying to be very noble. Noble. If you would not be forgotten as soon as you are dead, either write something worth reading or do something worth writing. And those, are, those are good words. <laughs> <laughs> cricket in the room. Benjamin Franklin was awesome. One of our founding fathers. Okay, you said off the air something that de- desperately needs to be said. The fantastic news in Christ is in Christ. Regardless of when in our lives we come to Christ, we are given an opportunity to start leaving a new legacy. Neither of our parents were Christ followers when they got married, Mm -hmm. and yet they left a spiritual legacy for both of our families. And still leaving. And are still, that's right. They have, well, (laughs) they're still. No, that's correct. They haven't left. But I don't know how much influence they have over me right now. I think a lot. They probably wish they had more. Well, I think that where you're going with that conversation is the fact that at any point we can make a choice to leave a better legacy than we've been leaving. And we are constantly growing in Christ. So as we learn new things or become aware of things that are important from a biblical standpoint, that is when we become responsible for that. Once we learn that um, God calls us to leave a financial inheritance, but also to um, to lead your family spiritually. And doing that, once you're accountable for that, start now. Right. And, well, don't, and don't look back. And your point was with regard to divorce. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are people out there listening today who are divorced. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's done. It is not fixable at this point in time for the most part, although there's still sometimes some hope for people to get remarried. But... You can start a new marital legacy today. You can start today, and when you get remarried, or if you already have remarried, commit for life to work through this one, through thick and thin, not to give up when things just get difficult, because every marriage is savable if both the husband and wife are willing to work on it. We've seen it. Martha and I have mentored over 50 couples in the last 15 years. We have seen them in all stages of destruction. And the ones where the husband and wife both work on their marriage, every marriage is savable. Every marriage is savable. Let me just say it one more time. Every marriage is savable. In, as long as people are repentant in Christ, if you start working on your relationship with Christ, it, every marriage is savable because it, it can be redeemed and restored. 
Those are good words, redeemed and restored. Um, But the point also that we were then talking about with divorce was the fact that leaving a legacy starting now, saying, okay, God has given me grace to move forward. I have been redeemed and restored. I've been redeemed. Oh, we're going to start singing a Sunday song. By the blood of the Lamb. <laughs> That's right. I've been redeemed. <laughs> hey, thanks to Dorothy calling in from Holiday. Thanks that she loves the show. I love it. And she says, I work for him, too. Thanks, Dorothy, for listening. That's I really so appreciate awesome. you calling in. And we'll get that book out to you very, very shortly. That is right. great. I interrupted myself singing because I figured that was, was just a, good. You, that was a good way to get out of the song there, right? Well, I, I, well, I want to start the round here pretty quick. I know. Okay, so, but the point is, once you decide, I want to leave a better legacy than I've been leaving and do it in a way that God calls me to do, then... No, no looking back. Let's just look forward. What can we do to leave a better legacy than we've been leaving? Well, let's talk about some of those things. What What are some of the things? Because we really, for our children, uh, understand this. Just st- step back for a second. <clears throat> All the things that you're arguing with me in your head and, and you're arguing with Martha in your head right now going, no way, this can't be done. Just stop for a minute and just hear this. Hear, hear this. Men listening out there, if you've got daughters, you are setting an example right now of the kind of man they should marry. You are setting an example of the expectations they should have as you model it in your relationship with your wife. You are setting the standard for your daughter. Keep that in mind. Hmm. And for your sons, you're modeling for them exactly how they should treat women. So you're starting to leave a marital legacy with your two-year-olds and your three-year-olds and your four-year-olds. It starts young. They're watching you. This legacy thing, both spiritual legacy and marital legacy, it starts the minute they start remembering stuff. And I can remember stuff, mom and dad. Oh, sorry. I don't know. Back to three, I suppose. Two and a half or three. My mom would know. But I can remember, you know, stuff. She would know what you remember? Well, she would know. You'd be able to give me reference of it. I got early memory. The day you dropped me off at nursery school when I was three, I'm still unhappy about it, by the way. Okay. But but we leave a legacy. And that's the marital legacy you're talking about as far as the husband and the wife and how they treat each other and how they... Uh, respect their relationship. And then from the spiritual... I, mean, I only talk to the men. I thought you were going to talk to the women. Oh, okay. I can talk to the women. I, um, women. <laughs> I think the important thing for us is to remember that you are doing exactly the same thing for your children. For your daughters, you're telling them how it's okay to be treated as a woman and how much respect to show towards the man in their life. And the same thing with the sons. You are telling the sons... It, how they it's okay for them to treat a woman and it's important that as a mom and a wife I'm responding appropriately and I am being respectful and trying to have the godly attributes that I as a woman am supposed to have yeah you're raising a lady and you're raising a gentleman and that's what we're trying to do mm-hmm. I mean I mean that's what that movie old-fashioned was all about mm-hmm. but in that movie what was so awesome about that movie and if you missed old-fashioned in the theaters seriously watch for the DVD release watch for the Netflix release watch for the red box release watch for the release the release release go to your local Christian bookstore you can actually read the novel right now because it's already out. But for those of you that don't know how to read, wait for the movie. <laughs> this is one. This of is one of those ones you can actually wait for the movie. <laughs> Martha will have it in Karis Christian Books and Gifts, and we'll give away a copy when it comes sure, out. Sure, that'd be a great idea. It demonstrated for both of these people who had had negative legacies left for them. Yes, and they had then created negative legacies in their lives. They got a second chance. Yep, and they did it together. 
and they decided to put their past behind them and not be defined by their past and to start a new future. Mm-hmm. And, and it decided, I mean, it was a fantastic story of redemption and restoration. There were so many good lessons to be learned in there. And that's the one I loved the best was the fact that they had not lived a perfect life, but they could choose today to live differently than they had in the past because God's grace has allowed them to be able to turn in a different direction. You know, uh, Proverbs 31, 28, and 29 says about a godly woman. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. I do that all the time, by the way. I call you gorgeous and it makes you blush. It's good. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you, Martha, you surpass them all. (laughs) You just did the Amelia laugh. I know. (laughs) That's our daughter-in-law. She has the patented laugh. (laughs) 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 I can't even do it. (laughs) Okay. All right. So when... We're talking about what are some of the things. Oh, well, how about this one? How about the Deuteronomy verse? I can read that. I love Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So, and Martha can help you with that, that right down the really, doorpost stuff, because she's got signs that you can put all over your household. Actually, this is like a verse for every Christian bookstore in America and around the world, because this tell this is why we do what we do. We're helping people to remember what God, the scriptures have encouraged us to do and put that on the walls and wall art to wear it on jewelry, to have books for in the car and songs on the CD player in the car. Well, for those that still have CD players in their car. Well, they could have it on their iPad. Those yes. songs could still be played on their they iPhone. They be or, played all over the right. place. But for all of those to take this, really take advantage of every opportunity to be recalling what God has asked us to do. All right. We're talking about legacy today. And, and, and really, let me just say what I said at the beginning of the show today, because it's very important and not patented. We're not sure where it came from, whether it was an original Jim Brangenberg quote or whether I stole it from somebody else. If I did, I apologize. But you're, we all, we need to leave a le- We're going to leave a legacy. We are all going to leave a legacy for our children, our employees, our coworkers. We all are going to leave a legacy. What does that legacy look like? Are you going to leave a positive legacy? Are you going to be intentional about your legacy? Are you going to work hard to make sure that the path, what they people say about you when you're gone, is positive and God-glorifying? Or are you going to be haphazard, unintentional, and leave behind a potential collateral damage in your wake? And with our children, specifically, our employees, if you're a leader in a business, we need to be very intentional about the godly legacy we leave. And it, so it's not only a spiritual legacy, but also a marital legacy. Because let me just tell you, people, if you're 50 years old today, which Martha and I aren't 50 yet, but we're close. Uh, yeah. I took my <laughs> breath away. Oh, don't. Right now, the next generation, those kids 20 to 30, they don't know what a positive marital legacy looks like. The majority of them do not. Not all of them, but the majority of them do not know what it looks like. And so you have to lay that up for them. And so even in the workplace, you're laying the legacy for what a positive marriage looks like with your own marriage as a leader in the business. So we get that. We get to leave the chance of a marital legacy and a spiritual legacy no matter where we go. 
We do. And you just said something that was very interesting because you were talking about leaving a good legacy or collateral damage. But there's a lot of people that can just leave a lukewarm legacy. And, you know, God calls us to be hot or cold, um, but lukewarm, he wants to spit us out of the mouth. But what does a lukewarm legacy look like? Not not trying anything, just just living life and not having any intentionality. So I don't think so it's So it's just, a mamby-pamby, weenie butt kind um, of a legacy. Yeah, those were my words exactly. That's, that's what you were thinking. That's what I was thinking. I just didn't know quite how to say it. Mamby-pamby, weenie butt. But I think that is a really easy legacy to leave. But what do you have to show for it? It's like it, it wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible. It was just, it was just, it was. Yeah, I mean, That's sad. think about what are people going to say about you when you leave? And in fact, if you want to know, ask them tomorrow when you go back to the office. Hey, if I'm ever gone from here, what are people going to say? I mean, I really want to know. What are people going to say? Or ask your children, you know, if, if mommy or daddy dies, what, what are you going to remember about them? You know, and if your kids are teenagers, ask this question with caution. <laughs> <laughs> A lot, of prayer. a lot of prayer. But ask him the question. You know, if we're gone, what are you going to remember? The good news about time is that time erases some of the deep wounds because they're just we, we forget some of those things that, that were painful. Not all of them, but ask your kids, what are they going to remember you for? I mean, what are they going to remember? I mean, uh, it, it's just really important. But Martha, let's be intentional now with our time remaining because okay. we've got 12 minutes remaining in the show. What what are some of those things we could do to leave a positive spiritual marital legacy for our children and for the people we work with each and every day? Well, we talked you, about... You, she's got a 12-point bullet-pointed list. Because we already talked about some of the spiritual things that, or the um, marital things that we can do. You've spoken to the men and I've spoken to the women. From a spiritual perspective, one of the things that really has been brought to my attention recently is letting your kids know and even maybe see you reading your Bible. Which is really, let's just give a reference to that. Yes. All of us have talked about, Martha and I have talked about, we've seen our children. We have, um, oh, Martha and I have always read our Bibles in our bed at night with the lights on. Kids always see us doing that kind of thing. But we both, I mean, I got images in my head of getting up early. My dad wakes up at four stinking o'clock in the morning before he goes golfing in Arizona every every other day. And when I'm over in Arizona, it's because it's three hours different than Florida. I get up at normal time for me, which is 6.30 or 7, and he's already up, and he's always reading his Bible early morning. He's got a cup of coffee. He's reading his Bible. Martha's dad's the same way. He get up, we go spend the weekend at their place. Her mom and her dad are out on their back porch, either at whether they're up in the frozen tundra or whether they're down there in Fort Myers and they're out there reading their Bible on their back porch mm-hmm. because they got a back porch in either place. And, and, and that's how we remember them. And that's our legacy. But then somebody was saying, you know, a lot of today's parents read their Bible on their phone or read it on their iPad. And the, the thing that the kids don't know is, is mom and dad reading the Bible or are they playing Angry Birds? Or Candy Crush, or something like that. Whatever the, kids, the latest game is, because Martha, Angry Birds, the, and Candy Crush. I know that's are, old, they're, they're old, That's yesterday. So yesterday. But my point is that the kids don't know because they don't see you reading your Bible. So talking about it, making sure that they know, because that again, it's that talking about it when you're on the road and when you're at home and when you're going to bed and when you get up in the morning, because the kids need to know it's a part of your life. So I'm just a little bit passionate about that. Well, and the, and the good news, I didn't I didn't bring up my mother and how I remember what, what I'll remember is because she's got an entire library that surrounds with it and engulfs her and she every does. written thing she's ever written, she still has. 
Yes. So I'll have that. Full of Christian But I'm scanning it, Mom. I'm not keeping the paper. I'm scanning it, Mom. I'm telling you. All right. Some of the things we can do to leave a legacy. One of the things you didn't get to say, we're talking about reading our Bible in front of our kids so they Mm -hmm. know we're reading our Bible. And reading a paper Bible so they can see we're really reading seeing them do it, not playing on their phone. Mm-hmm. But but one of the things that we both commented over the years is that we our parents have written in their Bibles. They got all kinds of notes throughout their Bibles. Their Bibles are a mess. My mom's got duct tape on hers. I mean, they're, 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 they're taped together. We want the written Bibles. You need to write in your Bible, write your comments, what God's saying, and leave it there mm-hmm. so that your kids can get that from you in the future. You know, I met a lady this year who actually, she reads through the Bible every year. She buys a new Bible every year, and every year she write, reads through it and writes in it for a different grandchild in her family so that Ooh. they get that Bible. And that's really cool. So things that they're, she's praying over them and thinking or that resonates with her about that grandchild. I hope all my children are listening. I think Martha and I are going to start that next year. Isn't that cool? So well, let's see how many years we got left. <laughs> you guys better get working on grandchildren. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Okay, so Bible reading. Bible reading, number huge. one. And, of course, we're talking about us reading it, but also reading it with your family, not just to, well, We I, haven't never done it. that. Oh, we did devotions. And we did we, devotions until the kids were in high school, the and they Bible kept staying together, up later than us. We read, we did family devotions for years. So yes, we did do that. Okay. We did it at their level and a very topical. But we read Josh McDowell and several other authors that have great family devotional books out there. Um, another thing I was thinking about just modeling hospitality, um, being able to bring people into your home and love on them as Christ loves us. That's another great way to build a legacy in your. Um, in your home and a spiritual legacy because I feel like your your um, hospitality. Well, when you bring them into your home, you get a chance to be real with them. You get a chance right. to be transparent. And so many times around our kitchen table, whether it's our kids' friends or our friends or neighbors, we get a chance to be real with them and we get a chance to talk about how Christ is making an impact on our life. Mm-hmm. And it really has created some fantastic conversations. The kitchen table, it's the most powerful tool you have in your home. So Next sure to the Bible, you like use your... I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we don't have time for that conversation. But just so you know, if anybody wants to donate $300 to the I Work For Him show, specifically for a new kitchen table for Martha, no, that would make her happy. Because I bought her a kitchen table. I bought her a kitchen table without permission. I thought I was doing a really good thing. You were doing a sweet thing because you were right because it's good and big and lots of people can fit and around. She it. hasn't liked it for eight years. Oh, okay. No. So anyway, so eating around the kitchen table is one of the most powerful things you can do for your kids. Yes. Powerful thing. Did See, you have that on your list? Um, I have fellowship. Reading your Bible, fellowship. Okay. What about hospitality? Modeling church life. Modeling what is it like to do church? Whatever you know, and I use that phrase, but um, being involved in a church body, because we are the body, and serving through that church body, um, having fellowship with other believers in your home and in other places. What about prayer time? Um, yes. It'd be, a, it'd be a good one. Prayer time would be good. Yes. And we did. And that's one thing we have been really good with until our kids got to be staying up later than us. We prayed with them every night. Mm-hmm. And then they started staying up later than us and we gave up. We just started praying together just the two of us, and then we went to bed. Mm-hmm. So but that's not completely true because when our kids come to visit and things like that, we pray together as a family. We will, we actually will pause before they leave or at some point during our our visit together. We do pray together. But the prayer, as a family. prayer thing is a huge example, and that's a huge example in your workplace as well as in your home. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. Mm-hmm. All right, we, we, do you have anything else on your I list? Do just quickly. One, la- one last thing. Uh, modeling forgiveness. 
Forget it. <laughs> that's Sarcasm. a huge. That's a huge. That's a huge thing. The, the, and that's something that you have demonstrated so well because I have made so many mistakes in our marriage, and and behavior so in such inappropriate behavior. But you have been. I've been willing to repent of my bad behavior, and you've been willing to forgive me, which has been fantastic. Because that is one thing we've lived alive in front of our children is just modeling the fact that I'm not perfect, I can admit when I'm wrong, and that my wife can forgive me and we can move on and love each other still. Well, both ways, and in our marriage and with our kids, because sometimes we're wrong in, in, in how we handle a situation and we, you know, because we don't have all the answers for everything. Sometimes we just, in our flesh, figure out the wrong answer and have to go back. Honey, I hate to cut you off, but we've come to the end of another I Work Rim show. If you've been listening to the show today and you want more... You want to hear more about leaving a positive legacy? We've got a whole bunch of articles we can push you to that we got off the Internet. There are some fantastic articles on leaving a marital legacy, a spiritual legacy for your children from a biblical perspective. Just email me or Martha, jim at iworkforhim.com, jim at iwork, the number four him.com, or martha at iworkforhim.com. All right, we're looking for a 1,000 people in Tampa Bay to do these things. Start praying for their coworkers and employees and looking for a way to start praying with your coworkers and employees. Start looking for ways to reach out to your coworkers and employees outside of work. Start developing relationships with them. Start looking for ways to serve them in your workplace and outside of the workplace. I'm looking for a 1,000 people to be the best and brightest examples of a person in your position in your workplace. Somebody that's a fantastic example. I'm looking for a 1,000 people to commit to living a consistent witness at home, in your neighborhood, in your office. That's what we're looking for. Go onto the website, the I Work For Him website, and subscribe to I Work For Him. Let us know that you're taking that challenge. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.